Good morning, church. Listen, are you happy to be here today? I'm telling you what, I'm super happy to be here this morning. I knew, we, we didn't have any idea how many people to expect. I didn't care. Um, I was just ready to see people. Uh, there's been a few adjustments going from eight weeks of preaching to a camera. I used to complain because I didn't see smiles on your faces. I'm sorry, because at least I'm not looking at a lens on a camera. It's much better looking at people. Even if you're sleeping, just be encouraged today. I am glad you're here. 
just don't snore loud enough to mess up uh, recording or distract me. But it's always good to be in God's house, and I am glad to be back. After eight weeks, uh, it was too long, and I know that there are a lot of people that are still a little uncomfortable, and that's okay. Uh, we're going to put this online and uh, continue preaching the Word of God because we need to be together. I don't think God's plan was uh, for us to be church remotely like we've been doing it for the past eight weeks. I think there's something about being together and fellowship together with one another. Amen? I think it's special. I've missed it. Hopefully, you've missed it as well. And hopefully, you've got an opportunity to just kind of evaluate and consider, you know, we take for granted so many things in the USA. We take for granted the freedom that we have to come into God's house and to worship corporately together. There are states today still that are threatening. I read of a deal yesterday where a mayor towed all the cars in a neighborhood in an effort to keep them from going to church um, the next morning to shut down the church because they were kind of defying her order. And so what happened, she towed all the cars. Oh, the problem was the church had a, an agreement with a couple of businesses and all the people that came to church just parked in the parking lot. So not one church member's car got towed. Just a bunch of hacked-off neighbors in the area, uh, in the neighborhood, get the cars towed. So there's things like that that are going on. And I'm thankful that we can come and we can assemble and we can worship God without fear of persecution. Amen? And, and so I just wonder how our hearts are this morning. Hopefully refreshed. Hopefully, uh, you know, by looking at the faces, maybe a little bit more joy, but, I mean, to be able to come in here and to be able to worship God is truly, truly, truly one of those blessings that we uh, must not take for granted. Obviously, not awesome worship, to be able to just sing songs of worship and praise because God is a good God and He's worthy of our praise and He's worthy of our worship. Amen? Now, listen, I know we've missed a lot of things over eight weeks. We missed Easter, so help me out. He is risen. You did good without any practice. So uh, we missed Easter. We missed Mother's Day. So see you, moms. Hey, we love you. We honor you. And I think they deserve a little bit of a, a round of applause for mom. What else did we miss? We missed uh, graduation. So all the graduates, whether it's college or high school, congratulations. And, and God bless you on the next step in your life. We're happy for you. So congratulations to all you graduates. What am I missing? All you people that had a birthday party during COVID-19, now you know what us December babies feel like, right? All right, never mind. So anyways, happy birthday to you. Um, today is Memorial Day. Memorial Day is a day that we observe those who have given their lives in the greatest sacrifice for our country, who died in battle. I pulled up a picture um, of D-Day. When I think of Memorial Day, this is a picture that is burned into my mind. This is called Into the Jaws of Death. And where thousands of Allied soldiers formed the beaches of Normandy, many uh, giving their lives uh, the, the minute they jumped off of the boat. I'm sure that there was a lot of fear in the boat. I'm sure that there were a lot of people that were freaking out about that. Uh, but I just love the image of courage that they displayed as they went forward. And, and they just continued on as a great, mighty army um, to fight a very evil and wicked force. So today we honor those who've given their lives and sacrifice, and I'm thankful for our military today. Amen? Listen, I have one quick announcement for you. Uh, it's an announcement I've been hanging on to through COVID. I wanted to tell you at the beginning because we made our, our decision, but uh, I figured out we wanted to be with you in person before I did that. Uh, but when Justin, my associate pastor, informed me almost a year ago that he was going to be leaving, uh, they just actually finally moved to Tyler last week. And when he told me he was going to be leaving, I began the search for a replacement uh, for Justin. And I prayerfully considered, you know, a, a lot of different candidates. I think I had up to 16 different candidates uh, that I was looking through and looking for. Some of them fresh out of seminary, uh, so they had a lot of book knowledge, but they had no experience 
in the pulpit and, and in ministry itself. Um, I actually look at five candidates inside this church, and I think they have some great qualities that could be uh, a great asset to the church in time. Uh, but when I started looking at what we actually need and what I need as a pastor, um, I, I weeded it down to the criteria was I need someone with experience, uh, somebody that's just ready to go right out of the box, so I don't have to spend some time training, uh, and someone that I can trust, someone that, that loves the Lord, loves God. That's just ministry experience. And when I did that, that group of 16, 17 candidates was whittled down to two. And so after a lot of prayer and uh, approaching a, a good friend of mine, I am super stoked personally to introduce you, the next associate pastor at Living Water is going to be my former pastor, David Badwell. And some of you know who it is. He's been here. He's preached for me before. Um, David and I go back. We're good friends. Love him dearly. Um, I told him, I said, if you come into Living Water, it's going to be a problem for our friendship, but I don't want you because I, I care about you and your family. Uh, but David's an asset to me. Always has been. Uh, he's got a lot of wisdom. He loves the Lord. He loves people. And I'm super stoked to get them, he and Lori, uh, here pretty soon. And so y'all be, y'all be looking for them and encourage them when they get here because uh, it's going to be awkward <coughs> when the employee now becomes the boss. <laughs> Tables are turning. So anyways, we're already pranking him. We're already figuring out what we're going to do to prank him and just get him in here. Uh, but I'm excited. I'm excited about the future of Living Water and uh, what God has in store. So I want to be able to know and be in the loop there. Uh, but if you have your Bibles, I want to encourage you to open to the book of Acts. Acts chapter 4. And uh, I'm going to read a passage in, in Philippians first. But in Acts chapter 4, this is a passage that I settled on this morning after looking at about, oh, I don't know, six, seven passages over the past few days. I couldn't settle on one. All of them had the same thing. They're pointing at the same thing that I want to communicate today. But I settled on the book of Acts. And so Acts chapter 4, I want to talk to you for a few moments this morning about courage. Is it okay? I think it's something that we need to see. We need to... Here, and if you consider Memorial Day and what courage was displayed, even in the midst of danger, these men charged forward like an advancing army, um, displayed great courage. And I just want you and I to know that like that real army, we are also in an army. Amen? We are in the army of, of, of God. We are in His, his, his unit, if you will. We are in His army, and He's calling us to advance. We're not fighting flesh and blood. Uh, we're fighting spiritual battles, but make no mistake about it, you are a soldier in God's army. And just like an army needs to advance and take territory, we as Christians should also always be advancing and taking territory for the kingdom of God. Amen? So Paul puts it this way in Philippians, Philippians chapter 1. He says, Above all, you must live as citizens of heaven, conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ. Then, whether I come and see you again or only hear about you, I will know that you are standing together with one spirit. That's unity. He's like, you guys are standing together with one spirit. Can I tell you, church, how important unity is? And the Bible says a house is divided against itself will not stand. But when someone is unified, there can be some great and mighty things. And so Paul says that I'll, that I'll see you standing together with one spirit and one purpose, fighting together for the faith. We have a picture of advancing as an army fighting together for the faith, which is the good news. And then he says in verse 28, chapter 1, don't be intimidated, don't be fearful in any way by your enemies, those that might oppose you. Let's pray. Father, today we ask that you would be honored in our time together. We thank you for the privilege of gathering together for worship. We thank you for the opportunity to open your word. I pray that you would just speak to us today. 
through your word, Lord, use me. You know my weaknesses. You know Lord, what I need. And so I pray that you just use me to build a vessel to communicate, to encourage, to challenge us as believers today. And I humbly ask you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, in Acts chapter 4, we have a story of Peter and John. And it's, it's similar to what I talked about last week on video, uh, another prison story. Um, but, I, but I want to talk for a few moments about courage. And courage is, the, is defined as the quality of mind or spirit that enables a person to face difficulty, danger, pain, etc. without fear. It also means bravery. So there's this idea that, you know, there are going to be things in life, and if you hear somebody say, I'm not afraid of anything, I don't know that I believe that, because all of us are afraid of something. And so fear is just a natural part of our life, but the courage is the ability for us, in spite of the fear, to advance on anyway. I think it's a message that the church, especially today, needs to hear. One of my great theologians um, in our time said it this way, courage is being scared to death, but saddling up anyway. Okay, so he wasn't a theologian. He was a good actor, John Wayne. So what a great, great quote on courage, right? Courage is being scared to death but saddling up anyway. In spite of what might be in front of us, we have this picture of an advancing army. And this advancing army with faith, the Christian faith. And guess what? We need to be called back to today. So in the story of Acts, in the book of Acts, in chapter 3, Peter heals this crippled beggar. He's been uh, crippled for 40 years, and tells us this later. And after that, he's preaching in the temple, and chapter 4 begins, it says, while they were preaching, while Peter and John were speaking to the people, they were in church, they were preaching the good news, it says that they were confronted by the priests, the captain of the temple guard, and some of the Sadducees. These leaders were very disturbed that Peter and John were teaching the people that through Jesus there's a resurrection of the dead. So verse 3 says they arrested them. They arrested them and since it was already evening, put them in jail until morning. So now Peter and John are in jail uh, for preaching, but more importantly they're in jail because they did a good deed, again like the lesson from last week, in healing this man who was lame. It says, but many of the people who heard their message believed it, so the number of men who believed now total about 5,000. So if you're, you're keeping up, Peter preaches on the day of Pentecost and 3,000 are saved and added to the church, so the church is growing, it's booming, right? It says, the next day the council and all the rulers and elders and teachers of religious law met in Jerusalem. Annas, uh, the high priest, was there along with Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and other relatives of the high priest. They brought in the two disciples and demanded, by what power or in whose name have you done this? Verse 8, then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders of our people, are we being questioned today because we've done a good deed for a crippled man? Is this why we're in prison or in jail? Is this why we're being um, mistreated today? Do you want to know, excuse me, do you want to know how he was healed? Let me clearly state to all of you and to all the people of Israel that he was healed by the powerful name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, the man you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead. For Jesus is the one referred to in the Scriptures when it says, the stone the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. And he goes on with this familiar verse, there is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. Verse 13, the members of the council were amazed so these two guys that were arrested, John and 
Peter. It says the members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness. Say boldness. Oh, that's refreshing too. Cameras don't talk back. When they saw the boldness of Peter and John, for they could see that they were ordinary men. I like that. They're just ordinary men with boldness. It says they were ordinary men with no special training in the Scriptures. Now, I don't know if you feel like I do, but sometimes we, we leave the boldness up to those that are very equipped and very skilled and, and know the Scriptures. And here's a beautiful picture of, uh, of people that they said, we can recognize these guys were not trained in the Scriptures, and yet they were very bold. It says they also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. Can I just tell you right now that there's a key right there? Uh, being with Jesus produces a, a boldness. So they could just tell when these guys were in front of them that they were ordinary men with no special training, but they could also tell that these men had been with Jesus and they were bold, right? It says, but since they could see the man who had been healed standing right there in front of them, it says, and there was nothing the council could say, so they ordered Peter and John out of the council chamber and they conferred among themselves. What, what can we do about this man? They asked each other. We can't deny that they performed a miraculous sign, and everyone in Jerusalem knows about it. But to keep them from spreading this propaganda, the gospel, any further, we must warn them not to speak to anyone in Jesus' name again. So they called the apostles back in and commanded them never again to speak or teach in the name of Jesus. What would you do? What would you do in that moment? Because this is the law. This is, this is the authority. This is the one saying, don't do it. We've heard that a few times over the past eight weeks. What would you do? The authorities say, don't speak again in the name of Jesus. Now, I'm going to give you an acronym for fear. There's actually two of them. You can choose which one you want to use and live by. The first one is forget everything and run. And that's just the way we're wired, isn't it? I mean, you, you, you hear about airplanes, right? You're fearful or terrified of flying in an airplane. And when you have that opportunity to get in an airplane, you just lose common sense. You just lose everything. You forget everything you know about statistics that it's actually safer to fly than to drive a car, right? Some of you are like, yeah, but there's bigger cabs. Okay, I'm not going there with you. I'm just saying. Fear, forget everything and run. There's something in us when we're faced with a challenge or a face with danger or something that's just scary is to forget everything that we know. We throw common sense out the window. Hello, America, the last eight weeks. When we throw statistics, we, we throw everything that we know out the window and we run in fear. Now, I said that I had several passages that I was looking at. Um, one of the other ones that came to mind was Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego when they were thrown into the fiery furnace. And I love their boldness because they say, you know, God can rescue us from this fire, but even if, even if He doesn't, we will never bow to that image. I love that boldness. And I love the idea that they didn't forget that God said, don't have any other gods before me. Right? It would have been tempting for them in that moment to say, you know what, let me just forget that little important thing that God told us because it's a, there's a fire right there and it's really hot. And, and right now, if I don't want to go in the fire, then let me just forget for a moment what God commanded us to do. But they didn't forget, did they? They were men of faith and they said, you know what, God can, God can, can step back and hot. God can rescue me from that. But even if, that's boldness. Amen. And so, I told them, must you ever speak in the name of Jesus again? Verse 19, it says, But Peter and John replied, Do you think God wants us to obey you rather than him? I love that. I mean, we all see this man that was laying for 40 years in front of us. I mean, did you ever see what 
God just did, and I think God wants us to obey Him rather than you. He says, verse 20, we cannot stop telling about everything we have seen and heard. It says the council then threatened them further, but finally let them go because they didn't know how to punish them without starting a riot. For everyone was praising God, you think? It says they were praising God for this miraculous sign, the healing of a man who had been lame for more than 40 years. It would have been tempting for Peter and John to forget everything and run, to forget the, the mission, to forget the message. Yeah, God did it for Peter on the day of Pentecost and 3,000 people were saved, but this is getting serious now. There's a jail in front of us and we're in trouble for doing something good and we're being threatened by the authorities to stop speaking in the name of Jesus. And so it would be tempting to say, let's just forget this and let's run to safety. But we don't see that in these guys. We see boldness, we see courage. And they said, we can't not stop telling. We can't do it. We're going to continue saying what we've seen and we've heard. Amen? And, and so, I like the next part in verse uh, 23. It says, as soon as they were free. As soon as they were free from the jail and from the, the rebuke from the authorities saying, don't do this ever again, um, they, they ran for cover. It doesn't say that. As soon as they were free, it says Peter and John returned to the other believers and told them what the leading priests and elders had said. Don't be preaching in the name of Jesus. Verse 24, when they heard the report, all the believers lifted their voice together in prayer to God. You know what they said? This is not our battle. This is God's battle. And so what we're going to do is do what we do best in our knees. And we're going to say, God, we need your help. So they pray, and then it says in verse 29, and, and now, O Lord, hear their threats and give us, your servants, great boldness in preaching your word, stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. In verse 31, after this prayer, just put yourself there in a moment, in their sandals, in that environment. It says the meeting place shook. That'd be kind of cool, wouldn't it? If the church prayed, and after we prayed and said amen, the, the meeting place that we're in would shake. Some of us would freak out. Wouldn't that be cool? This is the meeting place shook, and it says they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Then they preached the word of God with boldness. That's what we need, church. We need some boldness up in here in the Christian faith. We're an army. We're God's soldiers, and He's calling us to advance forward in faith. And we can do what is natural to a human being, and when it comes to scary things, and we can forget everything that we know about God's faithfulness in the past. We can forget about His commands to us to go make disciples. We can forget everything that we know to be true, and we can run to safety, run to um, security, run away from the, the mission, the calling, but that's not what He's called us to do. We walk by faith and not by sight. And, and so there's this call to courage. It's just a call to, to being courageous in the name of the Lord Jesus, and that faith should be greater than that fear. And so fear, as, as John Wayne said, it's not a, it's being scared to death and saddling up anyway. It's not an absence of fear. Courage is, is saddling up anyway, or it's heading and doing what we're supposed to do in spite of the fear. Amen? And, and so when you just apply this to every area in life, it's like, yeah, we may be afraid. And I'm not saying that that's wrong or if you feel bad if you're fearful, but I just want you to know that as followers of Jesus Christ, we march to the beat of a different drum. And, and we know who's for us. Amen. And if he's for us, no one can be against us. And uh, we know where our help comes from. Our help comes from the Lord, the maker of the heavens and the earth, right? 
And we walk by faith and not by sight. And so we say, you know what? Yes, I'm a little bit scared. Just like many other examples in Scripture, I'm sure David was a little intimidated for a second when he stood before Goliath. And he could have forgot everything he knew about God's faithfulness and land, but he didn't. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Oh, how's it going? Peter's stepping out of the boat. I mean, you know that that's never happened before Peter did it, as far as human beings doing it, and Peter stepped out of the boat. There's a brief moment that I'm sure he's going through his mind. He's like, what if? In fact, fear says, what if? I, I saw a meme this week. Somebody posted it. Thank you. It was a great one. Fear says, what if? What if I fail? What if I get sick? What if this marriage fails? Fear can immobilize us. It can just get us to where we want. We're just too scared and it can knock us to our knees. The faith should be greater than fear. Fear says, what if? Faith says, even if. Faith says, you know what? Even if, even if coronavirus uh, gets out of hand and it gets me, I know he might have believed in and I'm persuaded he's able to keep that which I've committed to him against that day. Faith says, even if it becomes illegal to have church in the United States of America, you know what? I know this is not my battle. I'm just going to show up to the fight. Amen? And just instead of Gideon, Gideon was pressing weed at the bottom of a wine press because he was scared of the Midianites who had been attacking them for seven years. And the angel shows up to Gideon in a pit, in fear, and he says, a mighty man of valor. Gideon's like, who, me? Who are you talking to? And God uses Gideon in a huge way to deliver the children of Israel from the Midianite army only with 300 men. Really cool story if you want to read that. There are plenty of examples throughout Scripture of these heroes of the faith who could have forgotten everything and ran, but they didn't. Instead, that other acronym, if you want to write it down, is this. Face everything and rise. Face everything and rise. If you think about rise, what does it mean? To get up from a position. Sometimes fear can knock us down. It can make us want to sit down and shut up. But to rise means to stand to our feet. It means to elevate our position and say, you know what? I'm going to face this thing with courage. I'm going to face this thing in faith. Right? Even if. And what do you see? Peter and John, they stood up and said, we can't forget what we've seen. When we saw a guy healed, we can't forget what we've heard. We've heard the resurrected Lord, and we're not going to shut up. We're not going to quit telling people about the good gospel of God's grace and how all men can be saved. There's only one way to be saved, and it's through Jesus. We can't not tell that. They faced what might have been their fear, and they rose to the occasion. I'm so, I'm so glad we have those examples in Scripture, and I just wonder, church, if it's time for us to also face everything in life, in faith. No matter what comes our way, They'll say, God, I, listen, do you realize that every day we get up, um, we face the risk of injury or even death? I mean, I get in my vehicle, I love driving my, my truck, uh, but I realize that that's a huge, heavy missile. It can do a lot of damage. Um, it's not controlled well, and other people driving like I drive scares the snot out of me, to be honest with you. But the reality is, is every time I get in a car, I face that, that uh, possibility. I mean, every time I eat something, there's a possibility. Just waking up and getting up and going outside every day is always an opportunity for being fearful. But God has not given us a spirit of fear, but peace, love, and sound mind. 
He's not given us a spirit of cowardice that, that, that's lacking that ability to stand in the face of a threat or a danger um, with faith and just saying, you know what, God's got this. And church, I don't know about you, but I think it's time to see Christians stand up and be courageous in faith. Like that advancing army. Hey, listen, we're, we're a conquering army. And listen, the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. Amen? And so we go with courage and we go with boldness because it's not our battle, it's His. We're simply showing up for the fight. How cool is that? That when we, when we pray and when we trust Him and we walk by faith and not by sight, we don't have to live in fear. We can overcome fear. We can manage that fear. It's there. But rather than forgetting everything that we know about how good God is and how awesome God is and how faithful God is, or forgetting what He's commanded us to do and running from that, but instead we can face it with a, with a faith and a confidence in knowing, you know what? I'm going to serve Him. I'm going to be obedient to Him in this time. And even if, even if I get sick, even if I lose my life, even if I go to prison for preaching the Word of God, even if I will continue to stand for Him because the battle is not mine, it's the Lord's. I'm only showing up as a good soldier in the fight. Amen? What about you? Are you courageous? Have you been tempted to slip back into that fear? I have heard that a lot this week, and I just said I want to be really careful because I don't want anyone to feel bad for being fearful. But I think we need to balance that with faith, and we need to look at it through uh, the correct lens of what God's word says about us, and just uh, look like people that actually trust God because God's faithful. Isn't He faithful? He's so faithful, and, and He's worthy of our, our trust. And so, uh, there's an old uh, hymn that came to my mind this morning as I was thinking about this. It says, Rise up, O men of God, have done with lesser things. Give heart and soul and mind and strength to serve the King of Kings. Rise up, O men of God, the church for you doth wait. Send forth to serve the needs of men in Christ. Our strength is great. Do you believe that? Let's tie the cross of Christ Spread where his feet is trod, as brothers of the Son of Man, rise up, O men of God. Psalm 27, I'll close with this. It says, The Lord is my life and my salvation. So why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress, protected me from danger, so why should I tremble? When evil people come to desire me, when my enemies and foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though a mighty army surrounds me, my heart will not be afraid. Even if I'm attacked, even if, even if I'm attacked, I will remain confident. The one thing I ask of the Lord, uh, the, this thing, or the thing I seek most, is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, delighting in the Lord's professions and meditating in His temple. For He will conceal me there when troubles come. He will hide me in His sanctuary. He will place me out of reach on a high rock. Then I will hold my head high above my enemies who surround me. At His sanctuary, I will offer sacrifices with shouts of joy, singing and praising the Lord with music. Hear me as I pray, O Lord, be merciful and answer me. My heart has heard you say, Come and talk with me. And my heart responds, Lord, I'm coming. Do not turn your back on me. Do not reject your servant in anger. You have always been my helper. Don't leave me now. Don't abandon me, O God of my salvation. Even if my father and mother abandon me, the Lord will hold me close. Teach me how to live, O Lord. 
Lead me along the right path, for my enemies are waiting for me. Do not let me fall into their hands, for they accuse me of things I've never done. With every breath they threaten me with violence, yet I am confident I will see the Lord's goodness while I'm here in the land of the living. He says, wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. We need courage in our lives. Amen? And, and facing fear, <clears throat> facing fear with this confidence and with this absolute certainty that God is bigger than anything that we face, anything that we encounter, to know that He is for us and if He's for us, He can be against us, to know that He loves us and nothing can ever separate us from His love. And how many times in Scripture do we see the verses, do not be afraid? Fear not. Do not be afraid. I think someone said there's over 360 or more than that. That's one for every day of the year. I think God wants us to know that He doesn't want us to be afraid. The only time it says to be fearful is that we fear to fear the one who's able to destroy uh, the body and the soul in, in hell. Don't, don't, be, don't be fearful of the one that destroys the body, but be, be fearful of the one that can, stroll, that, that can destroy a soul in hell. Listen, we fear God because He is absolutely powerful and sovereign. Beyond that, we're to fear nothing. Amen? But to walk in confidence and courage and faith as an army advancing. And listen, one day, at the end of all this, we'll stand before our Maker. And perhaps you've seen it, and you see some scriptures. I just wonder if you could see in your own heart, in your own life, if you have this, um, I'm going to call it a bravometer, um, brave-o-meter. <laughs> you know, when you see God do something, it just kind of increases your courage, and it just reassures you that, hey, God did something great, that should encourage us to trust Him even more, no matter what comes our way. Amen? about you? Could you use some courage? Be encouraged today. Know that He is with us, He is for us, and He wants us to display that courage even in the midst of what might be fearful for us. If you're here today, you've never placed your faith in Christ, I want you to know you've got every reason to be fearful. To stand before Him and say, I don't know who you are. Um, you'll be something to be very greatly afraid of. And, and I pray that today you would consider that and that today would be the day of salvation. If you're here, you know, saying, I need to talk with you. I would love to meet with you after we dismiss in prayer um, and, and speak with you and we pray with you. But if you will, bow your head. Let's just pray with Father, thank you so much for this privilege to come together today in your house. I've missed it. It's just not the same sitting on the couch. It's not the same watching it on TV, doing church remotely. So thank you for this day. Thank you for the smiles. Thank you for just the fellowship that we've seen so far. God, I pray that we would continue to walk forward in faith and trust you uh, in the outcome of COVID-19 and what goes on beyond that, what comes next. That we can walk with our heads held high, that you would just call us to our courage, that you would instill in us and give us a boldness. Father, if they pray for more boldness, I pray for more boldness for each one of us to face the uncertainties of life, to stand in the face of danger, maybe in fear, but that fear accompanied in faith, and boldly saying, even if, even if, Lord, may we display that kind of faith today. Lord, if there be anyone here or anyone watching online that has not placed their faith in I pray that today would be the day that they realize their need for you. I pray that today would be the day that they surrender to you. 
acknowledge that they're sinners and there's no way they can be in a right standing with you apart from the gospel of Jesus Christ. And today, you today, that they place their faith, their trust in you. Lord, I pray that you would instill in each one of us that boldness and that confidence that comes with knowing who we are and who it is we can control. That we may face the day-to-day things, not with a forget everything and run attitude, but with a face everything and lie. Attitude. I'm the opposite of the truth. Amen.